This is Werewolf the Podcast, a podcast about the role-playing game, Werewolf the Apocalypse. Have you heard of high-level games? If you're a content creator looking to make your dream a reality, you need high-level games. High-level games does layout, editing, and development support such as Kickstarter and more. Even if you're not a creator and just want to enhance your game with exciting new supplements, go to highlevelgames.ca and check out Dark New England for V20. High-level games. We want to help you level up your role-playing game. Highlevelgames.ca Welcome to another episode of Werewolf the Podcast. I am one of your hosts, Josh Heath, and we are joined by my fabulous co-host. Hi, I'm the other co-host, Carrie. Woo! 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 We are excited today (laughs) to be talking to all of you. Uh, We are going to bring you a wonderful episode about the Macaulay, but before we do that, two things. The first is there is a slight content warning to this episode about harm to unborn children we'll leave it at that just say it's something we will address uh, and hopefully not in any graphic detail but if it's something that bothers you maybe skip this episode also there have been some listeners that have mentioned recently that they are concerned i don't know if that's quite the way that they would describe it didn't seem that heavy but yeah yeah about our our negativity toward the breed books and i want to say this we are huge fans of this game and of these books. And our job here as podcasters recording these episodes is to critique them, but not necessarily to tell you all the things we love, but to let you know about the things that are present in the book, the good and the bad. And we hope that you know that we love this game. So something that people may not know about me is I grew up in the Chicagoland area And a very Midwestern mentality is if you like something, you pick on it. Um, And and so that's what I, you should see how I talk to my husband. And uh, (laughs) Or listen to on a roll podcast. Right, right. (laughs) Um, But yeah, so like I, I nitpick because I like to go through every sentence of the book and find all the good and all the bad, you know, and I, I, at least I hope I'm, Maybe I don't say as many of the good things as I find that I should, but also, you know, it's a better podcast if we talk about, if we focus on some of the negative stuff, because if we just keep going, we like this, it's good. That's not a fun podcast to listen to. Yeah, it gets boring really quickly. So that said, I hear you, listeners. Mm -hmm. We definitely respect where you're coming from and want you to know that we hope you have a great experience with all of these books and all of the different options that are presented to you as a player and a storyteller, because that creates a community of us. And we want to encourage the community of gamers out there. So go do your thing. And and if there's something in the book you disagree with us, let us know. We'd love to have a discussion about it. Um, You know, or if there's something that we miss that you love, you know, Hey, you talked about all this, but on page 32, it says this, we'd love to hear that. Yep. We love hearing comments and feedback. Just don't leave it on the pod bean. Leave it <laughs> on Facebook or Twitter, wherever we can actually engage Discord. with you. Discord. Yeah. Come to the Discord. Uh, become a patron. Join the Discord. We would love to have you. Um, <laughs> definitely, we have gotten a, a few new patrons recently mm-hmm. and uh, had some really good conversations. And it's great. We love hearing what the community thinks. So please come and engage us. We actually had people that were like, I love the Ratkin. And I was like, well, 
you are either going to love or hate <laughs> our next episode. And we had a great conversation back and forth about yeah. the realities of the book and the realities of the way the rat can are presented. So I thought it was great. I, I really think that it would have been a very different episode if we had reviewed this a year and a half ago, that book. Yeah, absolutely. I think we would have focused on much different things. Even even two months ago. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, very true. All right. So Enough let's of the get started. And to, let's talk, talk talking about mammals and talk about dinosaurs. What? We are going to talk about Macaulay. Now, Carrie and I rarely have in-depth conversations ahead of any of our recordings. Mm-hmm. We read the books on our own. We come away with different opinions. I think we're going to have different opinions on some elements of this book. Yeah. That said, I hope everybody enjoys this podcast and enjoys our back and forth on it because I think this is going to be fun. And she will not sway me. For those that are worried, oh, she will not oh, sway I me will. on some things. I will. My, I, have a, I have a very important question to ask you before we start. Okay, go ahead. What's your favorite dinosaur? Oh, that's such a good question. I don't know. Like, it's so hard because- <gasps> What? It's hard because there's so many of them that are good. Like I'm like a classic stegosaurus type of person. Okay. But then like the Uteraptor is really cool. Mm-hmm. So uh, it's hard to say one or the other. And of course you can go classic like T-Rex or something like that. Yeah. Triceratops is mine. So I, I okay. get it. The classics are important. Uh, the reason I ask is my daughter wants to be a paleontologist when she grows up. And so I have learned more about dinosaurs in the past three years than I have my entire life. That's fantastic. Um, right before we started recording this, she was just watching a Facebook Live from the Grace Fossil site. Cool. You know, so like, it's like for real, not just like, I like dinosaurs. Like, she's like, tell me about what they eat. And I'm like, oh no, I don't care. <laughs> Is she like, let me like look at pictures of their poo and like hold yeah, them apart? Yeah, like, like <laughs> she, she has... um some fossilized stuff and she's always like this is the best and I'm like oh my god she's like you're letting me keep this in my room and I'm like oh no <laughs> that's amazing you know when kids are that excited about whatever it is that they're excited about mm-hmm. I love their energy for it yeah. uh, currently my daughter is obsessed with Minecraft and sure, yeah just got into uh this program called Minecraft Code we're okay. digressing people bear uh, with us you know that's all right um and it's awesome because now she's learning coding from her excitement mm-hmm. into Minecraft. And I'm like, go. And she's like, I want to build skin packs and do all this stuff. And I'm like, you're six. If you yeah. want to get that excited about whatever it is, go for it. Dive into it. I don't really understand Minecraft. I don't either. I actually really dislike it. And I've played about 500 hours of it. But she keeps dragging me to play it. And I yeah. cannot say no to her. So. Every, every time I look, my daughter has done something like she's like, I've built an aquarium. And I'm like, okay, I'll go look. And then she'll be like, I've populated it with 500 dolphins. And like, they're, they're like, right, they can barely swarming. move. They can yeah. barely move. And I'm like, this is gross. And I think you're a sociopath. Fix right. this. Every like, kid mm. does that, I'm told. So oh, it's gosh. not worrying, supposedly, but it worries me too. <laughs> I worry for the whole generation. I'm like, no. Yeah. <laughs> All right, so let's talk <laughs> <Dinosaurs>. about dinosaurs. <laughs> dinosaurs. Um, this book was published in 1999. It was written by Jim Comer. I think this is the first time I've seen this name on a book for White Wolf. I could be wrong. Additional writing by Rick Russell, Chad Imbrogno, Imbrono, Conrad Hubbard, who, by the way, Conrad, I thought you were fake 
for a long time. But oh, you're no. a real person, and I respect that. So Conrad Hubbard did some writing on this. Um, developed by Ethan Skemp, edited by Eileen E. Miles, and art by Jeff Holt, Larry McDougall, Steve Prescott, Ron Spencer, and James Stowe. All kinds of people, many we have heard of their names before. Mm-hmm. Let's start with the comic. How did let's, you Hey, wait, wait, let's go back. What? Let's start about the cover with the, the glyph. Okay. How do you feel I about the, the cover? I love this I cover. I love the glyph. Yeah. I love the glyph. I don't like the colors. Okay. The colors are weird because the color, it's this, uh, they were trying to, I think they were trying to emulate like the sun yeah. in warm colors, but then the glyph, they've got like a neon hot pink. I think it's supposed to be orange. In my physical copy, it's more orange than it is anything. Okay. So but my PDF is weird mm-hmm. and it made me hate the cover because of the co- cause the color just clashes and it does not in a good way clashes. Like it's, ugh. but yeah. that being said, the design of the actual glyph itself, I've always thought was fantastic. Yeah. It give it evokes dinosaurs and dragons and sea mm-hmm. serpents and all the stuff, it, but it's really simple in a good way. Like it's yeah. just like, this is a cool glyph. Yeah, no, absolutely. So, yay. Okay. Cool. So cover, covered. Yes. Comic thoughts. Um, I was not a fan. Oh, okay. So <laughs> I, I want to preface the, the comic with, this is a continuation of a story from a book called Breathe Deeply. And this story sort of starts in media res where Peter Ward, the glasswalker, has already had an entire adventure that he references regularly, but is not actually told in this book. This okay. comic picks up from there, and I think that is kind of odd if you're not like tracking that it's from that previous story. So I've never read that novel, and I could pick up that I was missing a lot because, like, at one point he's referencing some girl. Yeah. Like, I wonder what what's her name's doing back home, and I was like, "Who the f is this person, and who cares?" Um. I'm gonna. I'm so mad. I'm knocking over my drink, and so it was really like it really shook me out of the story because they were like, "Look how clever we are. We're continuing this story." For those of you in the know, woohoo! But those of you that weren't, it was like, "Okay, why am I even bothering reading this? You're clearly not telling it to me." I think that's fair. I, uh, I am such a huge fan of that book that it's hard for me to to distance myself and know like would I enjoy this comic by itself and I remember reading it before I read that book but I don't Mm -hmm. know how I felt about it I think I just kind of went yeah it's a comic it's an intro story to werewolf I don't have a lot of thoughts on those usually okay I will say this I like the fact that the intro comic fed into the rest of the book sure because a lot of times they give you this intro comic and then they there's nothing else and you're just like well I, if I want to care about these characters, you need to tell me what else happens. So I did appreciate that. I just, there were so many nods to this other book, this novel that I had not read. Like at one point they talk about a, a disease like white snow or. Yeah. I don't know a hundred percent if that's from the book or from another book. It, that it's well, referenced. it's, it's from a novel mm-hmm. because I was like, 
they were like, you know, the disease that the guru had. And I said, I have never heard of this guru having a guru having this disease. And I've read a bunch, not everything, but I've read a bunch of the books, like the rules books and stuff. And so I got mad and I Googled it. <laughs> there was lots of Googling happening. And, uh, and I was like, well, I said, now I have to read the novels to know what's going on. Yeah. I mean, you know, like that wouldn't be terrible, but. It cuts both ways. It's this is the first time I've seen them directly connect a novel mm-hmm. to one of the like uh, storybooks, one of the um, role playing module books. I don't know source books. That's the word we want to use. Aha! Um, and I love it because I love that book. Now, mm-hmm. is that a great connection? If you haven't, like they do that with the Silver Fangs book down the road with the, the Silver Crown Trilogy, which I have never read. I just know that those linkages are in the book. I, I don't know if that's as good for people that catch those or not. Mm-hmm. But. So I think it would have even been helpful if they had just said, you know, a bunch of this is from the novel of the, you know, because it almost felt like it, like they were tricking every, not tricking, but like, ha And you know, what if I didn't know about this novel, but wanted to? Right. It would be great to start this with this story is a con- this is a continuation of this story from this book. Right. Comic books been... do that all the time. Yep. See this book. Awesome. Like people yeah. would then go and buy the book. It would just encourage mm-hmm. them to do that. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, Agreed. absolutely. So that that put me off right away. I hate and I will okay, I am not a font person. Okay. If everything could be comic sans, I'd be fine with it. And I, I can tell right now my husband at work is cringing and he doesn't know why. But right. he, just he hasn't feels heard it. this yet, but he feels through the floor. Um, um, like, I just, I, I don't care. Like, and I know that, you know, as an artist, I am mentally aware that it does affect everything on a page when the font is different. You Particularly read it. Particularly on you, a comics page. Yeah. Right. So, like, I get it, but, like, I just can't bring myself to care. That being said, the font they use in this comic for the for the memory, I guess it is. Yeah, the nesis, the memory, yep. I can barely read it. And it could be because it's on a PDF. There okay, for those of you that don't know, I, I should have started with this. I swore I had this book. Up and down. And my husband was like, no, we don't. And I'm like, you're lying to me. And he's like, you're crazy. And like, we had this whole argument and the book, I'm pretty sure he is hidden in the house and we don't, you know, like, so I, so then he could pull it out in three months and be like, ha ha. And then I'll murder him with love. And um, so I had to read this whole book on PDF and I hate reading PDFs like with a passion. So I'm trying to temper my dislike of things with going, is it because it's a PDF and I'm having to read it on the computer or is it just, I don't like it. Um, So I don't know if this font is easier to read with a physical copy, but it is really difficult to read with a PDF. It for me was very easy to read it. And I think (laughs) from, and I think it's the PDF issue. Like, (laughs) I think the PDF, from what I have heard, there are a couple of comments on it saying this is not a good scan. And I just okay. think it, I think that's part of it. It looks darker from what I understand on the PDF because in the physical book, it's not bad. It's not as bad as say Kindred of the East books or any of those okay. that are really yeah, bad yeah. for that. Okay. So 
putting so that fair. into effect. Um, I wasn't crazy about the artwork, okay. but it, it's just, it's very busy. Yeah, there's definitely so, a lot going on in each of the And panels. so it's really hard for, at least for me, and it could be the scan, to identify like, well, whose arm is that? Whose leg? What's going on? You know, um, at one point in the comic, the Guru Peter, um, he uh, projects, becomes a Macaulay. It's very unclear. It's the very final, like, full page thing. And it's not clear, does he, he goes into Krinos form, right. and then goes into giant dinosaur form. Dragon. But it's yeah. like, is is he actually a dragon right now? Is this in the memory? What is happening? It's, well, that is one of the few things that you and I talked about beforehand, because I messaged you and I was like, is he bold? Is he not? And you were like, no, no, he's, he's just a guru. But there's a point in this book that one of the Macaulay say, no, you're a Macaulay like us and a werewolf. Yeah. So I don't know what he is. And White Wolf keeps telling us, these you can't have a crossbreed, and then they keep giving us examples of crossbreeds. Jerks. <laughs> okay. I think that is at least slightly fair. <laughs> I will say this. This book is very clear at times and then unclear at other times uh, yeah. that... Garu cannot become Macaulay. However, there's one example. What they say he does. <laughs> well, there's one example of a Garu gaining access to the nisus, gaining access to the memory of mm-hmm. the Macaulay. Now, let's start there with some explanations. <laughs> We've been talking about nisus and memory. The Macaulay are supposed to be the memory of Gaia. That is their mm-hmm. mission. That is actually the thing that they were tasked to do by the Earth. I always thought that was like the douchiest thing Gaia could give someone. Like... Pretty boring. Oh, not only boring, but, like, heavy. Like, you could just remember everything. Well, how depressing is that? Particularly when you have to go through all of the, like, extinction events that have occurred. uh Uh-huh, uh-huh. Like, it's like, I'm I'm surprised that there's any Macaulay left, because why wouldn't they all just die? from everything being terrible. Well, and they do talk about if you go into the memory too often and too all often, the dark yeah. memory, you will drop into Harano because you mm-hmm. are just overwhelmed by sadness constantly. Mm-hmm. So memory is both a blessing and a curse. Uh-huh. <laughs> and that is the role of the Macaulay, the, the basic thing that they have to figure out. And right. The main story that continues out through this book is about Peter Ward, this glasswalker, becoming involved with Macaulay, learning about them, helping them, and trying to tap into that memory. And I think it's really interesting to ask the question of what if werewolves could access this memory and what benefit that would provide them. I think that's cool. Mm. I wish they gave mechanics for it. They don't. That's a little disappointing. But... Maybe they just, they're like, we already have your one special snowflake. If you want to use him, use him as an NPC. <laughs> but they don't even, like, at least not in this book, there's no stats for him. Not at all. You know, so it's not like you could you. it's, I mean, you'd have to make up your own stats if you wanted to use him. Yeah. Well, that, that is a thing. But mm-hmm. any other thoughts on that before we move into the introduction in chapter one? 
Um, no, as I said, um, I, I had a hard time with this, but that's because I had a hard time reading it. And then I also had a hard time uh, following just the visuals because it was super busy. Yeah, I, I think that's fair. There's a lot of stuff going on in the comic. I really enjoy it. But again, for me, it's a continuation of a, of a story I really like mm-hmm. in a format that I think is really cool. And it ties into um, uh, Australian Aboriginal um, and um, Pacific Islander stories that I think are really interesting. Like it's not about your American or Western oriented um, dragons. It's all about, hey, these dragons are from somewhere where we don't usually focus on from a white wolf perspective. And I really Mm -hmm. appreciate that. Yeah. Okay. And that brings us into the sunrise or dragons in our mist chapter, which is sort of the introductory chapter. These chapters are not labeled chapter one introduction or anything like that. They're given these Macaulay-ish names to describe them. I don't yeah. know if that's helpful. It's just, that's a thing that you see here. In this it's, particular book. it's clever, which it might be too clever. <laughs> yeah. It, it strikes me as uh, there's got to be a balance. I have to know what chapter I'm reading in. If I'm referencing it for somebody else, yeah. I can go with the page numbers. Yeah, it's fine. really hard to go, hey, go to the night lizard skin. What? <laughs> right. <laughs> but what I like about this chapter and in general, the chapters as we go forward is how they mix the story elements and the actual, we are telling you this out of character. This is just how things are. I think they do an excellent job of that in this book where they, they give you a couple of paragraphs of this is in character. Now we're out of character. This is the things that are happening in the background. It starts that a little bit here in this chapter and then builds into it as we go along. And I really, really appreciate that. I thought the first two chapters were really convoluted and hard to follow. I, again, it's a PDF. So I'm trying to not like be like, but like, It's the first time I've ever read a White Wolf book and went, oh man, I wish that they had put a little bit of mechanic explanation in the front because the Macaulay, okay, because we're dealing with Macaulay, they were trying to give them, and on top, Aborigine, you know, so like there's that layer, there's the Macaulay has a weird cadence to the way everything is spoken. There is the, the memory is a little wacky to decipher involving all that. Put all those filters on. Then you have to put a guru filter on everything that you're reading. And then you have to put a filter on. I'm reading this as a player or storyteller trying to figure out what's going on. And it was just, I, I kind of wish they had just been like, all right, look, like even a little sidebar. If they had just been like, all right, look, there's four streams. They're kind of like tribes or types. There's, you know, there are auspices, but some have seven, some have four. Instead, and they and they all have different names for everything. Right. And again, I'm not even going to try to pronounce these things because I will butcher them. And And so they all have these really fantastic to read, like Aborigine names or, but like, they're renaming the continents. And so like, you know, and well, in this time era, we called it this. Or they don't even tell you. They just call it that and keep going. And then I'm like, I don't even know where we are right now. 
I get where you're coming from with that. Um, <laughs> Maybe I'm just dumb, but I had a hard time with this. I, I think that's fair. I think what, <laughs> what I agree with you on is that having the lexicon and I think having the physical book makes this easier. Having it open mm-hmm. and being able to work through the book with it sure. helps with that. That said, one of the things that's complicated is, your, and I think you're absolutely right about this, is the Macaulay have no unified system of auspices. They're all affiliated with the sun, but the way they're affiliated with the sun is different based on the stream, and the streams are the different types of, of lizard that you're associated with around the world. So you right. could go continent by continent, sort of, and divide um, the different streams of Macaulay. You have um, the streams that are in uh, Australia. You have the streams that are in Asia, East Asia. You have the streams that are in the Indian subcontinent. You have the American stream and you have the African streams. And there's linkages between some of them, which gets confusing too, but um, they it is helpful to have that lexicon there to refer back to until you fall into this is what's happening here, Um, which I think you get, you can get to, but it takes a little bit uh, if you're like just diving into this. So I think it's fair, but I think it's all there to, to, to build you up. Maybe at least. I, I also, in this, in this chapter, I would like to point out that the word we're sorry and makes me giggle. And where Sorian makes I, like like and I was like oh no are they made like what is this <laughs> I, I think they I, I don't know I would have just preferred where dragon or where lizard but yeah. I get where they were going with where <laughs> Sorian it was, it was it made me giggle <laughs> like even when I was frustrated with not being able to tell exactly what was going on I was like oh do they call themselves <laughs> <laughs> I doubt it like of <laughs> All were creatures, the Macaulay are going to be like, no, we're not going to call ourselves something yeah. ridiculous. We are were dragons. That's going to be their like. They're just going to say we're Macaulay. End of story. Anything about the intro? Else about the introduction, or do we want to move into chapter one? Morning was. I, I think we can move into chapter one right away. Okay. Um, I want to make a note about the chapter opening pictures. I think these are all amazing art. They are busy at times. There's a lot of like um, thick um, pen lines, but I really think they're really good. I think sometimes they work and sometimes they don't. Okay. Like I, I, I think, um, but it's Ron Spencer and that's how his art always is. Right. You know, like sometimes he just goes, I'm making a muscle here, you know, and you're just like, that's a lot of, okay, it's a muscle, but you don't know what it's connected to, but it is, you know, you can tell that part. Um, but yeah, like I, I think, uh, sometimes I'm really, I was like, whoa, that's great. And other times I was like, what is happening? Yeah, I think that's fair. This first chapter does the history thing. So if you are used to White Wolf histories, you might be like, oh my gosh, not another history. But at least this history is different because they're going back much, much further in time. We learn that the Macaulay have no idea what happened at the beginning of the world and generally don't care, which I like thank you like why focus on the start of the universe all the time that's kind of ridiculous yeah but we also find out that the macaulay have been around since before the dinosaurs died and that sort of well yes 
not in their current state, but they existed when the dinosaurs did. Um, and that they were connected to humanoid dinosaur people that existed in prehistory. All right. So I'm just going to say it. I'm just going to bring it out right now. Okay. So these dinosaur humanoid creatures are called the kings. Yes. Which for the longest time, I thought the kings were just dinosaurs. Like I thought they were, but sometimes they are, sometimes it's very confusing how it's told. But there's a couple places in the book where they talk about the kings. And then you realize, especially near the end, that they're talking about these bipedal, like one of the drawings. Yeah. One of the drawings is of this lizard person, like riding a dinosaur. And I'm like, wow, okay. I think they're the aliens. I think they are the lizard people. And I think when the, when the asteroid hit, they went in underground to survive. Okay. At one point, they even talk about how they use algae. And if you remember back to the other books that we've done, there's all this like weird algae and fungus stuff that they use. And if they are connected to um, Gnosis, because mm-hmm. they use this stuff for talons and all that in these other books, like at, I may be stretching a little bit, but I was like, it's lizard people. You know, I will allow the stretch. Um, I think that is an interesting thing to say like, hey, the hollow earth in some of the other like werewolf stuff, some of the other mage stuff is actually uh, the remnants of these like uh, dragon people that lived, these dinosaur people that lived ages ago. Mm -hmm. I think that is way more interesting. It ties into Doctor Who a little bit too, but I think that's way more interesting than any of the other, like, they're actually aliens or any other stuff. Well, I think but, that would I mean, be cool. they could still be aliens. Sure. They've just been here forever, you know? Right. Like, like it's weird that we would have a reptilian, you know, uh, humanoid figure at the same time as there were giant reptilian. You know, like, that would be weird anyway. Like, maybe these aliens crashed, saw dinosaurs, and went, well, we need to look like them. Okay. Like, who knows? Who knows? Sure. I'm not an alien, but it's aliens. It gives you all kinds of, like, story stuff to, like, hang your hat on as a storyteller. <laughs> yeah. Now, I do want to make a note. Because because lizard people is a anti-Semitic storyline, and I'll kind of mm-hmm. explain why. Um, there's the roots of the lizard people conspiracy in conspiracy land. So bizarre. Are associated with anti-Semitic tropes. And that is a problem. And while we are not saying that the Macaulay have any tie to that, actually, they're not really tied to it at all. No. Stay away from that trope if you are going to tie in lizard people in any sort of way into your game. Like, just don't do that. Like, that's well, not don't cool. be anti-Semitic no matter what you do. Right. Like, <laughs> I just wanted to mention no it because isms. I figured okay, that's fair. someone would be like, hey, why didn't you talk about this? I that's fair. absolutely think, like, just don't do it. Just don't do any isms. Yeah. Stay away from the isms, people. Back off. Isms are bad. In general, I like, like I said, I like the way the history works in this. I like Mm -hmm. how they talk about the wars of rage. And they tell you that Macaulay don't actually remember some of these really important moments. Like there are these, what they call, um, shoot, I don't remember the terms for them, but like no-go places, basically, in the memory where they say, don't go there, you will have a bad time if you try to. Yeah, like you'll go crazy. Right, and 
I think that's, that gives me enough as a storyteller to be like, no, you cannot find out exactly what happened in the War of Rage in this moment. But you can find out things around it and yeah. like use those as clues. That's the problem with like telepathy or um, divination or anything like that is always giving too much away. In this mm -hmm. instance, you can give just enough with the bits and pieces of the way the mechanics for Nisus work. Which I think is cool. You um, you learn a little bit more about the various um, shifters that got killed during the War of Rage in this, which I think is really cool. Like, there's some stuff in here that I don't think is in any other books. So this is the place to go for the most information you can find out about the Grander until uh, Werewolf 20th Anniversary Edition. So that's cool. About the Apis, you learn uh, quite a bit of little stuff. So there's lots of cool little things like that in here. Yeah. Yeah, I actually, I, I'm, I'm looking, I'm like, oh, no, I wrote a bunch of notes about that stuff, because I actually thought those were neat. Any other thoughts about, and, like, things around them, or? Well, just, anytime we can talk about skull pigs, I'm in. <laughs> and I'm, it gives you a linkage with the skull pigs to be like, yep, this is the mm -hmm. thing that happened, and now there's skull pigs, like. Yeah. I love the idea, the po potential for a redemptive story about the skull pigs, like, that I'm, could be. I'm a sucker for redemption, yeah. yeah. Anytime, like, they're like, hey, let's just go dip this in a pool of silver and fix it or whatever. Like, I'm like, yeah, let's see what that would do. Like, that, yep. that's fun. Yep. Um, it also links into historical and, um, and different cultural elements about um, dragons and crocodiles and lizards and things like that with connections to Egypt and connections to... Um, Africa and the African slave trade into the Americas and how all of those things in some ways get connected and are connected. And I think they do all of that in a really, really good way. They don't shy away from any of the it's, bad stuff. It's respectful. Yes. Like, I, I didn't feel like they were like going, oh, and then this happened, let's gloss it over. But they also like didn't do a deep dive you're like, which there's nothing wrong if you want to, but like sometimes that's a little intense. Yeah. It was just like, here's what happened. Right. Here's you're what like, okay. happened. And it gives you enough to be like, if I want to build this into my games, mm -hmm. I can do so in a way that I feel like is baseline respectful. Yeah. Which solid. Like you hit the nail on the head, White Wolf. This is the hard like center to hit. You did it here. Right. Do this in all the books. Yes. Like... <laughs> to me, that sentence is like the one that I would use throughout this book. Like, do this throughout all of your other books. I know Carrie doesn't necessarily agree with me on that, but that is my take for this book. Like, it hits that center way more often than it misses it. I, I, I think this section definitely does. Okay. Okay. So let's talk about the noonday chapter, Us, um, which is about the different types of Macaulay. That we cover the four streams which are the Gumagan, who are uh, affiliated with the Aboriginal people in Australia and uh, um, bits and pieces of Oceania around the Australasian uh, continent. So you've got them. You've got the Makara, who are connected to India in particular. Um, so you have the different um, lizards and crocodiles and things like that that make India their home. Then you've got the Makole Membe, who are specifically connected to Africa and the, um, the crocodiles in Africa and then the alligators in the Americas as well. 
they kind of link over there. They talk about Africa as Entoban. I'm not 100% sure, and I probably should look this up, where that term comes from, but that is their term they use for Africa. I think it's a reference to a, a paleontological term, paleontological term, sure, um, sure. but I don't know. It could be an African traditional name for Africa as well. Um, I think that's part of my frustration is it's like, it feels like they're taking names from all over the place. Mm -hmm. And it's like, I, I, you know, like if you just stuck with one, then it would have a better, like, cause it feels really like uh, cluttered. I think that's fair. But one of the things about the Macaulay is they are cluttered around the world. Like they are <laughs> spread out everywhere and they're disconnected from each other. So they're not the super unified group. And I kind of like that each stream is a bit like, this is our thing. This is how we're distinctive. Yeah, but they're a little too distinctive. Like it's, That's for, it, you know, like I, I, like I would be fine if they each had their own book. Okay. I think the fact that it's like, it's, they're so complicated and there's four streams and in each four streams, there's at least four not auspices, but auspices, you know, and you're just like, ah. yeah, it, there's a lot, there's a lot yeah, going on is. here. Yeah. Um, and you, you really feel that in the Zhonglong section, which are the East Asian dragons. Yeah. And the problem is they already have an entire book called Hengaiokai, which we have reviewed. <laughs> and you got to hear my horrible singing during that episode. Um, the Zhonglong are awesome. But if you're running Hengeyoka, you already have all the rules for them. Having them be here makes sense, but replicating all of the rule elements that you would need to run them feels redundant to me and a little overwhelming. Yeah. That said, I get it. Like, I kind of get like, okay, um, they're here. Um, I know why we're digging into them. You want to provide this mm -hmm. as like a complete guide. Um, Carrie, I think this is going to bring me to the the rant about the eating thing that I wanted yeah. to talk yeah. about. Yeah, no, I mean. I believe it goes over it here in the Gumagan section, or maybe it's the uh, Makara section. I'm not sure. Uh, it's page 33. 33. I wrote that one down. Yeah. All right. So let's give it to you guys straight. The Makole, unlike other changing breeds, um, do not have metis, do not have any, you know, uh, Macaulay Macaulay children. However, they do. They can make them. They are not viable. Right. Um, all those children are born, are, are uh, stillborn. Oh, but not ish, yeah. ish sort of. Like, the, the problem is there are, this book in some places tells you that they're all born, they're all stillborn. And then in other places says that they don't live through their the dreaming the their you know first which, change basically yeah their first change which isn't like immediate so there are metis children that just yeah. can't shift yeah um it's there's some unclearness about something like this and i think it's it's a little disturbing one mm. it's disturbing because uh of the particular topic and yeah. um okay. it gets worse that these um, children end up becoming spirits that hunt other Macaulay that enter the Umbra, which I think is like, uh, that is an interesting choice. It's a little worrying. Like I can't imagine running that as a plot line. 
And then there is an entire stream of Macaulay that eat their young that they produce in this way, which is, a, that's creepy. It, it, by the book, it is said that uh, when they, when the mother, because it's specifically the mother has to, the mother has to consume the child back into her body. And that stops the child from becoming one of these spirits, which are, they call the innocence, which is just like another rub. It's like, why would you do that? Um, so, Guru have the um, gathering for the departed. Right. And I've always been under the impression that uh, the gathering for the departed, which is done when a guru dies, is to send them off to the home world or, or uh, the tribal homeland in the Umbra or whatever, so they don't become a wraith. Right. The Macaulay are how old and no all of these things, and they can't come up with their own version of that to save their children's souls. Right. Or at the very least, why do they have to have met as children at all? Like, they don't, you don't need to include that to have them. Yeah, they, it just could have been like, you know, it just doesn't work. Right. It would make complete sense. Like, they just cannot have met us. And I'd been like, all right, cool. Yeah. Good enough. Well. Like, great. Like, the problem is, one of my major issues with Werewolf is, as a whole, and I love this game, one of the major issues is there's a lot, of, a lot of damn focus on breeding constantly, and it's really uncomfortable. Like, yeah. it's, I, I don't know, it's one of the things that I really don't get behind as a storyteller. I don't spend a lot of time focusing on it, because I think it's uncomfortable and weird and odd, and I really hope they get rid of it in 5th edition, because it's not something players want to have to deal with. Yeah. So that said, this book talks about reading quite a lot. Um, so it yeah, is a, surprisingly. Right. It's a critique I have, but I think the book is great if you just kind of gloss over those bits and go, yeah, I get that this game has a lot of a focus on this. I just don't think it's something the game should focus on. Um, let's move on. Sure. <laughs> um, we get some information in this chapter about how the Macaulay view the other shifters, the other Farah, vampires, changeling, all that sort of stuff. We get information on their version of the um, litany, which I think is interesting. I love all the litany stuff. Like that gives you a cool story hook to to tell a story about. Like how does this element of the litany impact us and things like that? I think that's cool. Actually, I want to I want to take a step back because I just okay. realized I'm I'm again I'm on a PDF, so I'm it's harder for me to. Um, I would like to point out that the artwork for each of the streams is awesome. Yeah, it's fantastic. Uh, they they give a uh three three face portrait, so you get their their dinosaur portrait, you get their Hamid portrait, and then their I can't remember what their lupus. Their sukid form. Sukid form. Yeah. Is in each one of them is very different and very unique. And like, I just, I love the artwork for that. It's super sharp. Yeah. Um, it, it definitely, it creates stories in my head, which is great. Um, that being said, I'm trying to go down. Uh, yeah, the, the litany stuff was, I, I liked because it was different 
enough that it didn't feel like they were just regurgitating the guru litany, but it all made sense. Mm -hmm. And I was like, yeah, okay, that works. Yeah, it it's not like revelatory, but it makes me kind of go, yeah, okay, I get it. These are like son's children. A lot of their stuff is son focused and, you know, memory mm -hmm. focused and survival focused. Like I'm on board. It, all this makes sense. I do have a couple things that do you know how many macaulay are there do we know like on the scale we have no numbers that i'm aware of but i'm guessing there are less than 200 of them okay it just it's weird because they make this big deal about how there's not many of them right but you know like they they say that there's not many of them you know less less children less macaulay are born every year but then they're like, you know, uh, you know, crocodiles lay like 500 eggs. And you're like, right. wait a minute. Like, you know, and if there's one tenth the chance of one of the, you know, and you're just like that your math isn't holding up. That's weird. Your math breaks down really, really quickly when you start. Yeah. Yep. And so I, I was just wondering if we had any like, you know, more than the Garal, but less than the werewolf. You know, like if we, we should make a scale. We should absolutely like, just like a yeah, you know, like this is the not, not with numbers, just like there's the most black spiral dancers, <laughs> and then there's the most guru, and then um oh, right. oh I want I want to talk about the kinfolk. Okay, I think the kinfolk for our from the Kole are awesome. So let's talk about the kinfolk. They they were it was really interesting, and I thought okay they're they're they've made at least the Macaulay kinfolk important. Right because you know, like a lot of time like kinfolk are just like in the background um but the macaulay kinfolk are like they're actually doing stuff and taking care of things and i thought that was really really cool but the one thing that really kind of made me uncomfortable is they started talking about how the macaulay kinfolk oftentimes are running crocodile farms yes and that was weird because Crocodile farms sometimes are used for farming crocodiles for food. Right. That's weird. Food and then and they were like goods and all kinds of stuff. Yeah. And then they were like, and they give crocodiles and you know alligator all these things. They repopulate the zoos, and I'm like, that's uncomfortable. Yeah. I don't, that that was just weird to me. Like, I don't know. Like, it's maybe, awkward. Yeah, it was awkward. Yeah. Like, I just kept thinking, maybe that's, like, trying to show, like, a little bit of the not-quite-human connection to things, or it was just weird. I don't know. Yeah. The Macaulay, in some ways, are really alien from, like, mammal Aliens. thought processes. Um, yeah. See? More alienness. <laughs> um, it's... I, I have the same thought with you about the alligator farms. Like I understand the linkage they were going with there. Mm -hmm. Like, Hey, like this would be a great place to have your Macaulay born because like it, you've got a bunch of crocodiles or alligators here. Like you're going to naturally have more of a chance of having Macaulay appear. And if the people that run it are kinfolk, then they're probably not going to be eating them. They're probably just going to be like uh, shepherding them. But then what do they do with all of them? Like, is this for But, tour? but are they eating them? Maybe because they, they, eat, they eat themselves a lot. So yeah, there there's a lot of weird body stuff that 
happens in this book, like keeping limbs and um, keeping umbilical cords and, and, and like it's it you like there's a lot of points in this book where they talk about the Macaulay just eating people and yeah. not like we ate a bad guy. It was like this person was in my way, so I ate them. Yay, Gaia! And you're like, wait, wait, wait a minute. You know, uh, they talk about calling the herds, mm-hmm. but they, you know, but like it's like you know, well, if they were stupid enough to come near me, and you're like, whoa, like to, that. To be fair, if you're a dragon. Or if you are a crocodile, you probably don't care too much about your average person. Right, but there's a lack of uh, empathy to them that is a little disconcerting. And then, you know, maybe they feel the same way about regular crocodiles. Right. You know, it's it's not a Macaulay. It's not a kinfolk. We can make them into a purse. Like, I don't know. I think you might be right. Like, and I think that's supposed <laughs> to be a little bit of the horror of the Macaulay that mm-hmm. when as antagonists, they are reptiles and they l- really don't care too much. Like most reptiles, excluding some crocodilians who do take care of their young, most don't care. Like have absolutely no compunction about eating each other, have no yeah. worries about like just killing anything that gets in their way. Like, do not have the same sort of like emotional attachments that we have as humans. Right. So I think you're right. I think that is actually supposed to be there, <sighs> but it gets creepy. Yeah. So something to think about if you're running a Macaulay, like how, how do you balance your humanity with this? You are also a like unfeeling reptile, a portion of your life. I just, I think part of it is I have a hard time as a storyteller going how would this fit as a PC mm-hmm. with other PCs? Sure. Um, and, you know, and then, like, if, unless you have, like, a whole group of Macaulay, which I couldn't even imagine storytelling for, because that would be so much prep, because each one of them would have different memories, you know, so it's like you're not only just building a story for what's going on, you've got to build, like, five stories that have already happened. Yeah. I think that's fair. I think having, I actually was a storyteller for a Wild West game mm-hmm. where we had three, I want to say three Macaulay in it. Wow. And one was a kinfolk. So only All kinfolk right. access, but she was still a kinfolk to the Macaulay. Mm-hmm. Um, ended up having a, a, a Macaulay child. Um, and the other two were full blown Macaulay. They were um, playing, uh, this is hilarious, they were playing banditos from uh, south of the border that also yeah. happened to be Macaulay and I, they were fantastic. Great players, yeah, yeah. great storyline. Um, they uh, were interesting to storytell for though because they had all of that like background. But I think once you prep for them, you kind of just build it into your story. And that's what we did. Right. Like we built their memories into the Uber plot of the game. Right. Um, and that may have become a bigger thing as we went on. And it just didn't because the game didn't run for particularly a long time. But I hear what you're saying about yeah. how do you build a whole like story around all these Macaulay. It's hard. It just seems, it just seems like a lot. Yeah, it can be. Um, I, I agree with you on that. Um, but a lot also, moving into the next chapter, are these dang auspices. Because holy oh, cow. There's a lot. I can't keep track of them. Uh-uh. There are 
Seven, uh, rising sun, noonday sun, setting sun, shrouded sun, midnight sun, decorated sun, and solar eclipse. Like, great, thank you for thinking of all of these, but as a player, how the heck am I gonna choose these and actually like present myself as this particular auspice in a way that, that makes, that is interesting? How do I create a group that touches on all these auspices? I can't do it, like, it's fine, but we don't need this many choices. Like three points of time during the day and one at night would have been enough. We could have had four and everyone would have been happy. Or even like a sidebar that says, you know, yeah, because like one of them is like, when it's cloudy out. Right. <laughs> what? <laughs> and the same thing with the solar eclipses. There's... um. How many are there? Right. And then there are different layers yeah. of the solar eclipse. <laughs> From a mechanical standpoint, there's way too much going on here. I think it's well-written. Mm -hmm. It's really good. But from a, I, I want to create a PC standpoint, you've given me, I have choice paralysis now. Because you've given yeah. me way too many variations to decide that I want to play. Um, but that's fine. If that's the type of thing you want to do, this, is, this book is your choice paralysis book. Because it gives you Ooh. all the choices. Um, we get new stuff we get new knowledges abilities backgrounds um i don't like that nisus doesn't actually have a really good system nisus is the memory that all the macaulay have like there needs to be a better system for how i access that yeah it doesn't have a like, good system roll it and i'll tell you some right yeah. i i actually need a deeper mechanic for that yeah um, it, for something that is that integral to this to the um to the Beite, right it, it it should have more than just like a seven seven sentence paragraph. Right. You got to give me a page of mechanics. I know yeah. like normally I am not that guy. Right. Yeah. <laughs> this is the time you need to give me the mechanics for how does this work? How do I access it? What does it give me? How do I put it into play? Make it deep. Make it a mini game for me to play mm -hmm. to make it important for me want to use it as a player. Okay. And so I will say this up till the mechanics part. I actually thought that Macaulay died and were reborn. Oh, okay. Because it's never explained. They talk about seeing all these past lives and all this, but it's just shared memory from people that had died before and shared their memories when they died. Right. But they don't actually say that until you get to the mechanic part. Uh, again, like some of these mechanic stuffs needed to be like addressed mm -hmm. clearer earlier to yeah. make that linkage clearer i agree because i have read this book so many times i remember bits and pieces of it that i think like when i'm reading those other things i'm just like already making those linkages right. but as a yeah, new yeah. reader you're right you you need to build that filler material in better they spend a lot of time talking about the dragon's tongue they which do. is just which is just mokley speak yeah macaulay speak macaulay, macaulay speak, like yeah great like why do you need to keep talking about it and why do you need so many chunks of time on it there's li it literally all you do is speak macaulay like yeah, yeah. great yeah that makes sense oh yeah. you don't have a tongue okay you can't talk it then right. that's so all you have to say you have a flaw you can't speak this language fine like here's um uh, here i actually want to dive into mechanics conversation now okay because we're talking about them anyway but here is my big frustration werewolves turn into werewolves, into Krynos form werewolves, and they get form benefits from doing so. 
and they are raging, killing monster machines. That's what they're supposed to be. Macaulay, mm-hmm. when they shift into their archid or dragon form, are supposed to be rampaging even bigger monster killer machines. However, they get no universal statistics for shifting into their dinosaur form. None. Absolutely none. And the system for creating your own dinosaur form, you can literally create something that can do no aggressive actions. You're supposed (laughs) to be a gigantic dinosaur dragon thing, and you might have fur and air sacs or flippers, flippers, (laughs) and you can't do anything. And And what was weird is if you don't take the huge size, you're the size of a Krinos. Right. Like, oh, who's not going to take huge size? Everybody. That's the whole point of playing a Macaulay, is that you're a big dinosaur. I keep hitting my glass. Is that you're, you're a big dinosaur or dragon. And then you take huge size, and huge size doesn't actually give you any strength, stamina bonuses, or anything like mm-hmm. that. It gives you no, I am a gigantic monster dragon powers. It's just, you happen to be bigger. Oh, no, I apologize. You do get one extra dot of stamina and two extra damage dice to body slam. No, oh, because that's, mm, that's worth it. No, no it's not. It's not. Uh, it's not big enough. Like, I can take this multiple times, sure, but I'm still going to be weaker than a Garal more often than not. Yeah. That's ridiculous. Like, these... I actually think the the lizard form gave better bonuses. It does! Being yeah. a crocodile is better than being a dragon. <laughs> and that said, I would be totally fine with all of this, with all these options and customizing your dragon form and all of that, if you had some universal statistics adjustments. Everybody gets plus three strength. Everybody gets plus three mm-hmm. stamina. Maybe you get an, a bonus to dexterity too, because why not? And then you get your special individual like options that you get to pick. Cool. I would be totally on board with that. Then we are all major powerful dragons and we get to be individualized dreams that we dreamt up when we were kids. I'm on board. The fact that they don't have that bothers the heck out of me. No, I agree. Okay. That was my big rant for this book. Like, okay. I have, I've been thinking about that for days. Carrie, do you have any other thoughts on character creation? Or I'm, I'm trying to see where I am. Hold on. Okay. Um, right, right now I've flipped to page 61. All right. Yeah, I'm just, I'm pulling that, that up now. Um, yeah. Oh, oh, you know what? I do, I do have one, like, this is going to sound funny because I was just bitching about this. So now I'm going to bitch about it because they didn't. Did 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 not do the thing that I was bitching about that they were doing. Um, I think it is ridiculous that of all of the things that they kept the same with the Guru, that it was the Renown. Right? Like, they changed everything else. But Every other Beite changes the names of the Renown, of Honor, Glory, Wisdom, because they're like, no, we need to be special. And you're like, okay, you can be special. That's how you're special. And then the one thing the Macaulay don't change is the Renown, and they have Honor, Glory, Wisdom. What? Yeah. 
part of me is like, thank you. At least I don't have right. to relearn another new set of things. But, but, but that's weird. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> another thing right after that, uh, these mechanic stuff is the totems. I don't actually understand how Macaulay are supposed to take totems. Like you take the totem background and you can get totems, but I don't quite get why you can't form why? packs quite the same way. So mm-hmm. how common are totems for Macaulay? Well, I would assume they would be personal totems. Sure, but some which, of them are really expensive. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, you know, and some of like, yeah, it doesn't quite work. Right. But it's it's more like they were like, well, we have to put totems in here because people are expecting totems. Which would be, it's fine. Like, these totems are for werewolves. They just happen to be in the Macaulay book. Like, <laughs> yeah. They're all great totems. I think they're really cool. They're really interesting. Um, horseshoe crab is cool in a weird way. But it's one of those things where I'm kind of like, this, it doesn't quite fit the other stuff that's here, the other, like, ways you've described the mechanics yeah. in the world for these creatures. So, meh. But you get a ton of fetishes. We get a ton of talons like a ton of ton of these you get like the individual ones for the streams and i think all of those are cool so i have a weird question sure because i am trying to make sure that i remember things correctly when a fetish breaks no matter who breaks it it usually explodes right yes correct okay then i'm super confused because they talk about edge of the sun which is a a um a machete, a gold machete that they use to kill other Macaulay. Right. Like, it's their executioner thing. And then they talk about, and it's okay if humans find it, they'll just melt it down. Yeah. There is a whole section on gold in here really early on. And, like, actually, they cycle back to it a couple of times where they're like, mm-hmm. gold is bad for weapons, but it hurts Macaulay. Yeah. Gold is really expensive, so most people can't afford gold weapons to hunt Macaulay. And most of the time, it's not economical to make gold weapons because gold plate doesn't do any good. Gold, like, lame, I don't know if that's a thing. Whatever that is. Isn't that a material? It's a material. Whatever. <laughs> doesn't <Yes>. work. Yeah. <laughs> um, it has to be legitimate gold of some form. Um, mm-hmm. But... It's just most people aren't going to do it. So it's kind of right. like, why have that be their weakness? They are also weak against silver. So I would have just stuck with silver and been like, yeah, gold bothers them, but it doesn't hurt them. That's just me. I would have, like, I think it would be, it would have been fine if they had uh, maybe dived into the dragons like gold sure. aspect. And so it was a little bit more like the Korax, like they have a compulsion Right? Even though it hurts the them, mm-hmm. they want the gold. Right. Um, and then I think maybe it would have meant more. Yeah, that would have been cool. Like, hey, it, we know this reduces our gnosis, but we want gold. We try and collect it. That but it's been. a status symbol amongst the Mokla. Yeah. <laughs> Look how much gold I have. Even Look what I'm like, sitting on. Yeah, right. That would have been at least thematic to the dragon element. Uh, yeah, yeah. Uh, the, the spirit tether again is weird. I know I mentioned that before where you have to take your own umbilical cord. Yeah. I was like, uh, that's kind of. There are cultures around the world that keep like children that are born with calls and children that are like, Mm -hmm. have like odd umbilical cord things that keep them and things like that. Those are sometimes keepsakes. It's weird. 
I'm not saying it's not, but it is a it, it is a thing that's out there. Well, no, I mean, you know, whatever, that's fine. But that on top of the other weird bodies, like they talk about circumcision. Oh my gosh, yeah. I can't talk today. A lot in this book. Um, and you know, like, there's just a lot of body modification, which is fine if you're an adult and you are agreeing to it. Um, I, I, but I don't know, like, there's just a lot of uh, body parts. Yeah. In this book. This book, like all werewolf books to some degree, it talks about body horror and is really about body horror. Mm -hmm. Like, that's a thing. It's a thing that's here. Like, maybe should, we should, we, I don't, I think we would have to preface this entire podcast with body horror if we were to say that as a content <laughs> warning. But yeah, it is a, a present element here for yeah. sure. Yeah. Um, um, the, yeah. I, I, I do want to point out, bonus, that they've got a, a talon that's chocolate. Which is great. Yes, I'm, I'm all for that. <laughs> Every changing breed needs to be like, chocolate, here's oh, a talent yeah. for chocolate. <laughs> I, I once played a PC who was, I was, I was playing a lupus werewolf who I took that I was allergic to chocolate on my sheet, right? Nice. And I also took obsessed with chocolate. Right. And so, and she was lupus, so like, and she was not a theurge. So she thought, if I have someone awaken the chocolate, it won't hurt me then because it's a spirit. <laughs> and so I went, I, I, in the middle of a grand moot, I convinced someone to awaken trail mix that had chocolate in it. And I ate all the chocolate pieces out of it. And then I, the, the storytellers were like, you can't breathe. And I'm like, worth it. It's like, <laughs> I'm over and dying. And, and I was playing a little Bonar. And all of a sudden, the get of Fenris, who had awakened it for me, realized. And he just started screaming at me. And he's like, get clear waters. And he's like, you stupid lupus. And he's like yelling at me. And I'm like, hey, no. <laughs> That is amazing. I, like, that's the type of role play I always end up doing. Can I awaken the chocolate? <laughs> yeah, but it's going to be great. And, th and then they went and awoke a bunch of chocolate bunnies because it was near Easter and let them run around. Oh, And wow. I was like, that's just mean. I can't right? chase them. <laughs> that's your punishment. Like, Horrible. Oh, I know. <laughs> Digging the hole even deeper. Um, <laughs> Any thoughts on the merits and flaws, which again are a very long section here? Yeah, longer than I thought it should be. Yeah, like I, again, I love character options in books. Mm -hmm. I think that's great. I, I never have an issue with presenting them, but there are a lot of these, and some of them just why not have these be archid traits? Like there's a mix of merits and flaws where I'm like, if you had built this into the building your dragon form system, it would have been better it would have worked better together because a lot of them are you can adjust your archid shape this way and it's like just give me those options in the system for building my dragon right um they've got a couple things in the merits and flaws about fertility that were i kind of thought were gross yeah um you know just you know like there's one that like you're you're super fertile, which, and it's clearly meant that the guy is super fertile. So right. he just goes around, you know, if he hands you a, you know, your, your coffee cup, you get pregnant. That seems, I mean, I'm not going to go so far as to say that seems rapey, 
but that's really invasive and uncomfortable. Yeah. And, and like, I, I don't know. Like that just, it, it made me uncomfortable. That's fair. My question is who at white wolf throughout the development of werewolf <laughs> looked at themselves and said, I'm a 23, 26, maybe year old man. You know what I really want to role play in a game? Breeding. <laughs> Why? All right. All right. So I'm going to I'm going to make a stab in the dark and okay. say they went, we're writing these games to try to get women to play the game. What do women like? I And I don't mean and I don't mean sex. I mean you know, well, you know, women are told that they're supposed to have kids. We should put that in the game. I don't, I'm not 100% saying that's exactly what, but I could also see that happening. Maybe. Maybe. I don't part, know. Part of me looks at it and goes, uh, the idea of making werewolves something that was born rather than made was an interesting choice. Mm -hmm. It's, it creates all of the layers of, of stuff that happens in werewolf. This idea that then the species of changing breeds are dying out. Okay, fits. I'm tracking. Don't give me mechanics for playing out having children, though. Like, as a parent, I don't need to role-play that. It doesn't add anything to my role-playing experience mechanically that I want to role-play. Right. I had a very hard time having Dakota. Sure. Like, we, we, we struggled a lot to have her. And I don't need to struggle in-game. If I right. fail a roll. Right. Like that's no. Yeah. Like I don't need that guilt. I've got my own. <laughs> yep. Yep. I'm going to say yes. And just leave it at that. Mm -hmm. With empathy. Um, hey, I've, I've okay. got her. I'm good. <laughs> okay. It's all good. That's, that's what's important. My wife and I have our child as well. And that's. Uh, and, and, and even if I hadn't had Dakota, I would have got her by adopting. Right. Like, you know, like I, I was going to be a mom no matter what. So like, it's, you know, like I, I'm all for being a mom, not being pregnant. Sure. It doesn't have to be in your game. That's yes. the, that's the, saying. like, that's yeah, I think that's what we're getting at. Yeah. Um, that brings us into the gift chapter, which I want to just flip through and go, this exists. All your gifts are here. Uh, yeah. But Carrie probably has thoughts on at least some of these gifts. I'm sure I do. Hold on. Where am I at? What page are we on? Okay, so the big thing I want to point out in the gifts section, because I mean, a lot of these gifts are just, you know, yeah, that makes sense. Mm -hmm. Like, let's, you know, um, there is a gift called Silver Claws. It is like the Arun gift. It makes sense. And it says, no common gold claws variant exists. There is no gold claw gift. Right. Right. Because they would only be used against Macaulay. Like, why would you even do that? And then five pages later, they have the gold claw gift. <laughs> right. And I was just like, like, who? Someone wasn't talking to the other writer. Oh, clearly. <laughs> clearly. And, like, and it, that just, for whatever reason, really bothered me yeah because it's like it's even in the same section it's not like a different chapter is it probably got written after the fact the, the editor didn't catch it because they were overworked and not like focused on that particular section after yeah. it got added in like 
these things happen in the like role playing book creation process, but mm-hmm. I'm with you. It's like, come on, have some like unity of design purpose. Agreed. Um, there are rights in here. All of the rights make sense. Again, if you want to play uh, um, breeding the RPG, you've got some rights that help you do that. Um, but there's other rights in here that are actually engaging and interesting that I would use in a game. Um, so open sun bridge is a cool one, like being able to create moon bridges, but out of the sun, I think is super cool. Hot. Yeah, probably, but at least it's, <laughs> it's interesting. And then shred shedding bones is my favorite. Another body thing. It's, it's body horror. Absolutely. Ah. But I think it's cool. It allows you to, you know, heal yourself or like make yourself younger by expelling your bones. I don't know. I think that's cool. You, the whole point is that you're getting rid of some of the oldest things in your body right. and then your gnosis is making it new. Right. And so it makes you five years younger or let, lets you live five years longer or whatever. But the artwork they've got next to it is this lady just like shoving her bone out of her arm through her shoulder. Yeah, it's horrifying. It is. Yeah. It's... Uh, I am a big fan of the Zemisi. So this yeah, I know you are. We body know. horror is like <laughs> is okay by me. Like, but I know it's a line for some people. Yeah. The image here and the the right. If you're if that, if that is not your thing, be Don't careful. Worry. Stay away from it. Um. Sorry, that brings us into the sunset chapter. Yes. Dragon lore on page ninety seven, which is a storytelling section. Um, All right. Go ahead. I'd like to point out that the art, like, the art has been pretty okay so far through this whole book. Like, you know, like, sometimes I'm like, I can't quite tell what's going on, but, but they happen to give, and I'm not sure what the artist's name is, um, whoever did all the artwork from, like, this point on is fantastic. Yeah. Um, his artwork reminds me of Frank Frazetta's art. Mm-hmm. Like, there's a... Like, I could almost see the, like, that, like, yellow-green skin tone that Frank Frazetta always put on his people. Um, and, and it's fantastic. I love it all. Yeah. It's so Agreed. good. I, I think most of the art in this book is really good, but I agree from, like, this point on, it's like, ah, oh, this is all solid. All, yeah. Like, really, this really is good. Good, good stuff. Yep. Um, you get uh, another whole section on breeding and reproduction yeah. and, like, mechanics for that here. Um, but the interesting bit here is you get parts about the Macaulay and the Umbra. The problem with Macaulay and the Umbra is they can't go into the Umbra without a third level gift to go into the Umbra, mm-hmm. which means that you're basically not going into the Umbra unless you're really like playing a, a powerful Macaulay mm-hmm. game. Um, you do get some like bits and pieces on Nisus here and going into memory. Um, but m- not really enough of a mechanic for it. Just like, these are the types of stories you can play with using Nisus. And I'm like, okay, you sort of give me everything I want, but not as deeply as I want you to go. Right. You get some camps, you get some information on Macaulay and the Naga, you get more story. So I'm okay with this storytelling chapter, but I don't know if you have any particular thoughts on it. The Naga thing weirds me out. Okay. Like, like, 
You, you think the Macaulay should be like the smartest of all the changing breeds. Right. They've got all that memory to tie and, into. Right. And like, you know, they meet a Naga and they know, clearly you're just one of us. Yeah. Like, oh. I just see the Naga going, yes. <laughs> right. You're like, of course I am. I am not yeah. here to murder you. I no. am a, I am a Macaulay. <laughs> I am. I just am a legless lizard. <laughs> like, it's just... It just is weird. Like, I would have much rather them had, had them go, the Naga think we think they're all dead. We're letting them think that. Right. Which would be fine. Right. And but they don't. The big problem with that is all the Hengeyokai that know the Naga still exist. <laughs> right. So it's kind right. of like, you already know they're out there. Like, stop yeah. playing games. It's, yeah, they're like, Psh, whatever. Right. <laughs> the storytelling think... chapter. Um, oh, sorry. Go ahead. No, it's okay. They do give us some more... Uh, uh, mechanic stuff on the innocence, at least. Yeah. Which I was afraid they weren't going to. I sure. was afraid they were going to go, here's the boogeyman of the Macaulay, and then not even, like, tell us what they could do. They're just like, they're scary! Right. You know, and I was like, well, I want to know. Um, at, at least they provide the mechanics so you can yes. run it if you want to. I agree. Like, that is the right thing to do if you're presenting something like that. Right. Um, you know, again, I would much rather... You're like, if I was going to run a Macaulay story, I would actually include the innocence, but it would be a, how do we fix this? Sure. How do we save them? How right. do we do a gathering for the departed for them? Um, you know, just because like, I've, I'm one of those storytellers and players that I like to right wrongs. I like to fight against things that feel like you can't win and then push through and win. You know, the okay. whole point of role playing for me anyway is to make things better yeah you know and and you know like i i like to encourage going now look we did this great thing in game now go out in the real world and be great my players you know right. and and i i think that the innocence would be an amazing story to tell about letting them actually get, go to rest um but you know i don't i don't know that's what I'm just saying. If I was going to run something, that's what I do. I think that's fair. If I were to use them, I would uh, provide players that option. That's yeah. just, that's a line for me that I don't like sure. to cross into. So sure. absolutely, I think that's a good story hook. Then I won't run it for you. <laughs> Thank you. <laughs> <laughs> um, how do you feel about the character templates? There is something in the NPC section I want to talk about, but generally, like, we're getting into the character templates after the storytelling section. Any oh, thoughts on those? I'm scrolling. Uh, well, first of all, I hate when they make the character sheet on the same page. Right. Because it's so little and I'm so blind and old. <laughs> Makes it very hard to read it. I, I know agree. and I'm like, ah. um, you know, I nothing jumped out at me as terrible. I thought they were I'm, all good. Like yeah, I looked at all yeah. of them and kind of went, yeah. That seems like a solid concept. That's a solid concept. Yeah, yeah there, there was nothing that jumped out as like oh, God, no, I wouldn't let that in my game. Right. And on the opposite end, nothing made me go, I would absolutely have to play this. I'm just kind of yeah. like, yeah, those are all Macaulay options. That makes sense. Yes, absolutely. Which um, is good, White Wolf. Like, hit that middle ground. I, I will say, I do like the Triceratops poet quite a Fair. bit, but that's yeah. because that's my favorite dinosaur. And, and the picture is of this little Triceratops with a big flower in its mouth. And I went, oh! There. Totally solid. I want to play a Triceratops that just goes around eating flowers. <laughs> and speaking poetry? Yes, and bad poetry. 
it would be so awesome. Good. All right. So I want to talk about the very last thing that, uh, that I really dislike about this book. Okay. It's in the NPCs, the like, uh, the cool NPC section. Sure. There is, uh, there are very few Macaulay that have fallen to the worm. However, when they fall, they fall really, really deeply. Yes. That said, there is a Macaulay based on Barney the Dinosaur. Yeah. Called Brainy Shining Without a Clutch. And this is absolutely terrible. I don't like Barney. I'm not a Barney fan. Who is? No one is. <laughs> but this is terrible. Like, this is a horrid three paragraphs that I'd be like, no, I'm not running this. Like, Pentex has a Macaulay that was born on a gator farm that eats children and assaults children. Yeah, like that, I think, was the problem is they pushed it one step too far. Yeah, that was the step I was like, no, no, mm, no, why are you doing this? Um, I mean, it is very common in horror movies to have to use children's shows because sure. there is something creepy and cultish about children's shows yeah um like i that that's one of the things i always found fascinating about the the concept of using like action bill right is because like action bill but the thing is though like action bill wasn't going around killing people he was getting other people to do it and like if they had had brainy like hey kids go you know eat your mom or whatever you know like okay that at least fit and that would fit more with macaulay too right um i would have been like okay that's dark but that's not horrible dark yeah there's no there was no reason to throw the second and isn't it supposed to be like he's taking them to the atrocity realm yeah, or he's, something? he lives, like, they videotape in the atrocity realm where yeah, like, he's doing all these things and then, like, like devouring these children and doing all this stuff. And I'm like, no, lines, lines. Well, and, okay, even pulling back from the lines, which I agree with, but, like, you know, if they have a hard time going into the Umbra. Right, how is he so, like, getting into the Umbra so easily? Yeah, you know, and are they just bussing children into the Umbra? Like, did I miss that part? Uh, it's unclear. Like, it doesn't yeah, make like sense it, how they're getting into the atrocity realm. Why is Pentex in the atrocity realm? They're supposed to be in the real world. Yeah, no, I, I agree. I agree. Like, it, like if he had been, if this had all been happening in the real world, that would at least make more sense. Right. It was because how are, your, how are your PCs supposed to get to the atrocity realm to stop him? Right. Right. It, there, there's layers to it that I can absolutely see where the writer was going with on it. Mm-hmm. I'm with you on about 80% of the way. And then you drop off a cliff and I'm like, no, <laughs> like I remember reading this ages ago before I had kids and thinking, okay, that's bad. I probably mm-hmm. wouldn't use that. But now as a parent, I'm like, no, no. Isn't it fascinating how having a kid changes that? Yeah. Like you're just like, mm, wait, there are now things that I don't even want to potentially yeah, consider. We're, we're good. This yeah. is all good. That said, overall, I think this is a really, really good book. I like Macaulay a lot. I think this is the best written breed book to date. I think it is a very good mix of, hey, here's some story. Here's some out of character elements. Here's how it all ties together. There are the issues that I have mentioned, but I think it's a really good book. 
Carrie, how do you feel about it overall? I think for me, I, I'm trying really hard to keep going. This was a PDF, like in my head, like just, I didn't enjoy reading it, but it was because it was a PDF. Um, I think the first part of the book is difficult to follow. Okay. I, I also don't like any book that I have to keep flipping back to look for definitions of things. So even if I had the regular book, I'm pretty sure I would have been annoyed by that. That being said, I think it was fine. I don't think it's great. Like I'm not going to go get the Macaulay tattoo, you know, or anything like that, but it's fine, which almost makes it worse because if it was bad at least I could be angry like I have like super emotion about like the Rackham book like I'm still mm -hmm. like oh no the Macaulay book I'm kind of like yeah it's fine which you know I I want I want to have an emotion about it I just don't really like you know would I use a Macaulay in a in a game yeah maybe okay see for me reading this book again I've read this book a thousand times maybe like, mm -hmm. this was one of my go-to werewolf, white wolf books for years. Okay. I still, like, this copy I have, I think, is my original copy of Macaulay. Nice. So, and I think I got it in 1999 or 2000, like, right around there. So, like, mm -hmm. I have all this nostalgia built up around it. There are issues in the book, but, like, to me, I think it's solid. But I think all of the things you're saying are fair. I just yeah. think we're coming at it from different directions, and I think that's sure. totally cool. I would be interested in reading that novel and then going back. Sure. Um, you know, maybe it would make me care more. I don't know. Maybe. And, and maybe not. Like Maybe, maybe not. Maybe yeah. I'll be like, jerks? <laughs> <laughs> you might be like, Josh, this is a terribly written what? novel. Josh, <laughs> well, what why do you, you like this? Doing? Why did you make me do this? <laughs> Now I want to just mail it to you and be like, huh, but then I won't have my copy because they're rare. So I don't know if I want to do that, but I'll, I'll put it on the, the list to go check the um, used bookstore by our house. Fair enough. All right. All right. So if you had to, how many sons out of 10 would you give this book? I'd give it a straight up five right in the middle. Okay. Like it's fine. If you've got the rest of the books, you should have this book too. There's some good stuff in it. There's some boring stuff in it. You know, you got to get, you've got to read it backwards to be able to figure out the first part of the book. But yeah, it's, it's fine. Okay. What about you? I would give it eight sons out of 10. <sighs> and like, even with my issues with this book, I think overall it is, is really good. Um, I think it does the things that I complain about White Wolf not doing well. I think mm -hmm. it does most of them well. The art is really representative of the peoples that Macaulay are actually supposed to be descended from. That is cool to me. Like, yes. They don't whitewash this book. I think I am happy, really happy about that. Um, but it's not perfect. Like I want it to be perfect. I wanted to like read this and go, this was like exactly the thing I wanted out of a breed book. You but, know, I will, I will bump my sons up to six. The artwork was pretty okay. Like, like it was pretty good. Good. Um, you know, if, if you are a fan of White Wolf stuff, even if you just flip through to see the type of art they have, it's definitely worth it. So I will give it six. The artwork bumps it up to six. Hey, we got to bump it up. All right. What I really wish is that White Wolf would produce an art pack for the Storytellers Vault from this book. 
<laughs> I don't think it'll ever happen, but if they did, that would be amazing. Thank you listeners for listening. If you haven't yet go and become a patron at our oh, Patreon, yeah. uh, we can, uh, you can become a patron for as little as a dollar, join our discord, come chat with us, leave comments for us on Facebook and the Twitters and all of the other places that you might find this except for the Podbean, because I <laughs> cannot respond. And it bothers me clearly because I keep mentioning it. He does. Um, <laughs> that said, until we get an answer to the question, when will you rage? We'll talk to you again next time.